What's up, guys? This is Cannon Brown from the podcast called The Show. You're still listening to Legendary Mindset with Jake P. Richardson, but I wanted to quickly tell you about the three other podcasts in the Barra Media Podcast Network. We have The Keeper Pen with Maddie Caldwell and Jenna Wheeler. We have Mine, The Show with Cannon Brown. And of course, Cattle Pros with Jake Scott. Now, if you like this one, you can check out any of our other livestock-targeted podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Play. Join our community of over 40,000 livestock enthusiasts that listen to us monthly. What am I going to do, quit? That's not an option. you got to keep on keeping on. Life's a garden, dig it. You make it work for you. You never give up, man. That's my philosophy. I wasn't even going to take it. Uh, we went to Brian's, Brian, or Bradley called and said, hey, we're fixing to take these ones to town. There's like six or seven left. See if you need any projects for anybody. And I went over there, and he said, I said, I want that one. He's like, why? Who for? I said, for me. And like, Dad's like, okay. You take it. You feed it. You do all of it. Uh, then he wasn't going to go. He wasn't one of the top three mm-hmm. in Dad's mind. <laughs> and then my best one, the week before OIE, he went to jump on the stand. Front leg went underneath and broke his leg. Not ideal. No, so he got to go, and he ended up being reserved when I had the Grand Reserve. So the one that you – you had Grand Reserve in The year I had the bronze York barra, same year. year. So was that the same year you won every national show except for Arizona? Or was it Arizona included? So you won all four. started, it went. You won Oklahoma State Fair. I won belt buckle that year. In Texas? State Fair. Tulsa, Kansas City, Louisville, El Paso, because that was still a show. Phoenix, Denver, Sioux Falls, the district, Grand Reserve away. Never been done since. Welcome back to Legendary Mindset. I'm your host, Jake P. Richardson. And this week's episode is with the one and only Cashin Urban. And uh, so I've, I've, we've heard this guy's name quite a bit, and I've planned on having him on for a while, and we finally got the time worked out. Um, but if you know Cashin, he's very humble and never wanted to brag, so I kind of had to make up for it just a little bit, so I fangirled just slightly in this podcast. But Cashin is down-to-earth, very soft-spoken, and just a really nice guy. Uh, his wife Shelby joined us and kept Cashin on track and kind of helped tell some stories but we started recording at about 10.30 that night, so if it's if we sounded a little bit tired, it's because we were. Uh, but I really hope you guys enjoy it. Here it is. This is Legendary Mindset with Jake P. So you guys played some softball today? Yeah. You and your, your daughter, she's... How old is she? She's, she's eight. Or she's going to turn eight this year. This is it, month. Is yeah, the like eight-year-old softball world pretty competitive? Can be. She's got, she had two games a day and game Saturday and two Sunday. Mm-hmm. When's that season span from? Like starts. There's three different seasons, really. So they'll have a summer ball, fall ball, and spring ball. Yeah. She play all three? Mm-hmm. She sh- is she... Sh- so she'll start showing next year, I guess, at Hawaii, or is this spring your ne- first Hawaii? Next year at Hawaii. Next year? Since you got to be eight and in the third grade, she's only in second. Oh, okay. You excited for that? Oh, yeah. I think that's like every show dad's dream is the year nine. 
I think you kind of wait for it till. Except she likes the pigs. She likes the pigs? Camden said you were getting pretty into the pigs over there. I've got a litter out here. Really? You're, so you got sows and everything. Really? When that start? This year. This year? <laughs> so did you ever imagine yourself having some sows in your backyard? And mm -mm. It's, the, it's the craziest thing what your kids will make you do, I guess, right? Yep. And that's what all my students, they tried showing sheep and... Just like pigs better. Mm -hmm. It seems like that's kind of the deal. Like, there's a lot of ag teachers down in Texas. I mean, some a lot of them are good at sheep and goats and cattle, but there's ag teachers that'll haul 200, 200 pigs to like San Antonio or something, and they just do that. It's crazy. So, um, where are you from? Are you, we're in Fletcher right now, but you're not. You weren't born and raised here. No, I wasn't born here. I was born in Guyman, and then uh, moved to Roosevelt when mom and dad got married. There you go. So you got some siblings, but they're quite a bit younger. Mm -hmm. How much? What's the span there? Camden is 13 years younger, and sister is 15 years younger. Mm -hmm. There you go. So we talked about it a little bit earlier. You guys didn't really raise any sheep or anything, but you know, your, your family has always been involved, right? Yeah. What was the kind of background there? How far back does that go? Uh, I know my mom, my mom and all my uncles on that side, they, sh uh, they showed, mm -hmm. and then Dad showed. Uh, I actually have a picture from whenever I worked with uh, the Shells, mm -hmm. and they brought me a picture when Dad was reserve grand at Denver. Really? And he was his ag teacher. Really? That's pretty cool. Yeah, Larry, talking to Larry, I didn't realize how many people he, you know, was kind of around that are still, you know, big in it today. So what, what that, that one that your dad won with at Denver, what'd that look like? Was it a Suffolk, or was it Southdown? It was more oh, of a Suffolk-type sheep thing looks pretty good like stout and smooth like that doesn't look like a however old how old is this that was i think they said 70 dang so they've always been kind of geared towards 78 78 i think so you guys have always been pretty you know geared towards being the best and all that mm -hmm. so that first year you guys showed what was what, what, what how'd that go fill up the barn or go to every weekend or? when i was nine uh, started. Uh, first one I had was a Dorset. Oh boy. And a Shrop. Uh, first show I went to was down in Texas. It was in Amarillo. Mm -hmm. uh, first time in the ring, got sifted. Really? I tried to run that Dorset as a final cross, and mm -hmm. they kicked me to the medium wolves and got sifted. There you go. Were you guys? I mean, did you have a pretty good? Were you comp like competitively minded? Like you guys were doing the right things and and all that, just kind of. Oh yeah, even starting the when every every day we was at the barn for two to three, sometimes more hours. Mm -hmm. So how did when it, when it started? Was it like you know Ritson was you know hey this is what we're gonna do and you're just like okay or did you were you kind of looking forward to it for a while? Or? Well, whenever when I moved when we moved in, uh, he my cousin that lived with us. He was showing, and so it was kind of already started, and mm -hmm. I knew it was coming. And whenever I was little, like at my grandma's house, I'd see my mom's trophies and stuff when she showed, and I always wanted to, so mm -hmm. it just worked. Yeah, just kind of rolled into it. So like, you see kids today, like especially kids of breeders, I guess, or I mean, the guys who spend a lot of time in it, those kids at eight or nine, they show awesome. Did your dad already kind of have you? Where did that wear? It was the first time experience. That was the first time experience. Really? Yep. So what? What? How did it kind of go from there? Oh, it uh, evolved rather quickly. Mm -hmm. 
Um, I went from two sheep my first year to in that spring. Next spring we had six, and then the next fall, starting out, I had roughly 20, 25. Holy smokes. So I was looking at, you know, trying to do, I always do some research and stuff, and, you know, the Champion Drive has a lot of, you know, old pictures and, and stuff like that in Brian Johnson's website. So what, I'm trying to figure out, what year was that you started showing, you think? Uh, 95. 95, okay. The first, the first. Or 96. Big picture I could find was, I think it was like 98 or something like that. That, what was the first kind of big one you guys did well at? Um, it'd have been uh, my OIE my first year. Well, it was Spring Fair of Oklahoma then, but mm -hmm. I had one. And I was reserve hamp, and then the next year I uh, had one that was reserve grand. So pretty, pretty quick. Yeah. So I mean. Back, I mean, when you when you talk about being competitive today, I mean, most families have a treadmill. Most families wrap legs. Most families, you know, there's a there's just there's a long list of things you have to do well to be competitive. Period. But like, what what did that entail back then? I mean, what what were most people doing? I guess that was we were. I'd get we'd start them. We'd put them halter them all up. Put them on the walker. Get them going. Mm -hmm. uh, treadmill them hard and then. We'd work them that night too. Mm -hmm. So were were those things pretty common um, with everybody? I thought they were, mm -hmm. but I don't think they really were. I think Dad was kind of ahead of his time on that deal. Yeah, that's that's what I've heard. I mean, people said he was he was one of the first to ever even you know build a sheep treadmill, I guess, and all that. What did he build it out of? It was an old racehorse treadmill. An old racehorse? How big is that? I've never even seen one of those. It is like ten or twelve foot long and. Mm -hmm. Just, just run them in there. Steel-sided. Yep. They didn't stop that one. You just keep kept making them? Yep. How many how many treadmills do you think your dad made over the course of those 10 years Well, uh, my whole time showing, we always had that one. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, we'd have other people that we'd help along the way, and we'd find something or make something work for them and mm -hmm. get treadmills going. And then, uh, in fact, that red racehorse treadmill is still being used by one of the kids I helped. Are you serious? That's that's awesome. I've seen some old ones. Um, the one that I've seen that's that's the craziest to me is like an old like a fruit conveyor belt. Mm -hmm. Like the the tallest part of it's almost ten feet in the air, and they're putting they they put three lambs on there, and they there's only one speed, and it's really fast. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I still see some people using those things. Yeah, we uh, it, it wasn't variable speed. It was just an on switch, mm -hmm. and we'd start them. And then we'd have to change the sprocket size throughout the year to make it slower or faster. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, when I was growing up showing, my parents weren't, like, you know, really... They, they, they just supported me and stuff, so I was out there trying to figure stuff out on my own. And, and I was just really into, you know, feeding and, and getting everything ready. But, you know, a lot of kids have those relationships with their dads when their dads are, you know, super into it. A bunch of my friends are like that. Were you, like, pretty into the, the science behind it growing up, or you just didn't ask questions, or you kind of had that Yeah, I was pretty curious about a lot of stuff, and mm -hmm. so I was really wanting to figure out why we did what, mm -hmm. which I think, looking back on it, I think that's kind of why I'm an ag teacher now is because I like how things work, and, mm -hmm. like, kids like me where they wanted to learn things of why you do something, uh, I, th I think that's one of the reasons I really like it. Mm -hmm. It's kind of an exciting concept, just, you know, figuring stuff out, and... Being able to share that with other people, I guess. Mm -hmm. So, um, 
you know, I'm sure your dad wasn't just, you know, sitting there just, you know, this is how this, you know, just teaching you. I'm sure there's a lot of it was example. And, you know, tr being that competitive, it, it, it takes a different level kind of mindset. What were, you know, were there anything you guys picked, you know, just picked up from him just based off the way he carried himself every day? And One thing dad always told me is, you know, be humble. No matter what you do, be humble. You can be good at something, but you still got to be humble. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's something, like, I try to drive that into my students uh, and any kids I help that, you know, doesn't matter how good they do, mm -hmm. how bad they do, do it humbly. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, that, that you, were, you had treadmills and walkers, and, and you were you guys were, you know, finding a lot of success. Um, you know, how did you, you know, Camden actually said it said it earlier on the phone. He was like, you know, it's... It's one thing to get to the top, but it's it's a lot harder to kind of just you know be consistent and you know it's and I think that's very true. I mean, you got to be smarter every single year that you do it. How are you? You know, what were what was that like? Just trying to beat yourselves basically every year and uh, just keep we just try to keep evolving and either you know with the sheep because back then the sheep were totally different. Mm -hmm. They'd get sifted today, but mm -hmm. um, we would. Uh, you know, work them harder. We'd treadmill them harder. We'd get different feed additives. We'd try different things, see if it worked. Mm -hmm. For sure. So, like, I mean, just just trial and error over and over again, and yeah. and just trying new things. Dad would have an idea of, hey, I think we need to do it, do this to do it to make it make them change like this, and we'd try it and mm -hmm. see if it worked. So, was he like a? Did he have a nutrition degree, or how how did he kind of just just his brain? Yeah. So dad was dad was an ag teacher too and then uh oh, i didn't know that he i mean that's just kind of how his mind worked just the reason we started soft open is one day he is at work wash his hands and he's like later he's like man my hands are still soft so he went back in to see what that soap was mm -hmm. and that's why we started using soft soap on the sheep everybody uses soft soap today everybody that's crazy so i mean yeah a bunch of people laughed at us what are you doing <laughs> I bet that happened a lot. I mean, how often were people just staring at you like, what are these guys up to? Yeah. It, it happened more times than not. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, when I go to a show, and it's kind of been this way for a while, you, you got your group of buddies that you go, once you get done with your stuff, you go walk around and hang out with them. Were any of those guys, did you have any friends like that, or, or was everyone pretty much tired of you going in there and no, spanking we, them? No, I had a lot of friends. Uh, we helped a lot of people along the way. Um and then, so it was just a big family deal for, we had a big group and it was like a family. Mm -hmm. So was there a bunch of people doing that back then? I mean, you, you go to a show today and you'll see, you know, people with their chairs in a circle and there's 30 families over here and, and, and that, was that like a, pretty much the norm or? Oh, no, back then it was pretty much everybody does their own thing, but you know, anybody that came and asked dad for any kind of help at all, he was always willing to give advice or oh, yeah. tell him something. For sure. So I kind of want to get back to that. What were you saying? Didn't matter who it was. Yeah, it didn't matter who it was. Had a terrible sheep or a good one. Who just shares knowledge and always want to help people. You know, I think honestly, like that's the way to go, and you can accomplish a lot more. You know, together with other people, and you know, if you know, say your dad gave this person advice, you know, they could learn from that, and you know, later on give him some advice, and I think it's makes everyone a little bit more competitive. Yep. But so you showed a lot of Johnson sheep. Was that was Brian head in charge over there? Or was Bradley still? We showed a lot of Johnson sheep. sheep. Um, Bradley was still there for all of it. Mm -hmm. 
What was what was Johnson Clubland like back then? I'm sure you spent a lot of time over there. Uh, being eight miles from the house, we spent a lot of time over there. Mm-hmm. Uh, showing, have God go. We'd go there three, four times a week. Mm-hmm. Look through the babies, see what which ones we like this day, and the next week check them again, see how they've crowed. Uh, that was so that to me was kind of interesting to watch, what Dad looked for. What he's wanting to see how they look the next time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was a lot of fun doing that. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, like I said earlier, sheep have changed a lot. But um, so when you'd go to Bradley and Brian's, what, what was your dad really? What was he? What was he searching for? What were the things that were really important to you guys when you pick up projects? Really important to him was uh, structure and hip, mm-hmm. and then the rack and. Just everything, yeah. Yeah, kind of how they look, because back then a lot of it was more on the pretty side than. For sure. Who was judging shows back then? Who were, who were you guys seeing just constantly? Let's see, we saw Clint Cummins a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, saw Weber. Mm-hmm. Those are two guys that I mean, they're they're buddies with Larry Shelley. You talked about them being over there a lot. Uh, Big John Kearney. Mm-hmm. Dennis Luce. Yeah, I was say Dennis Luce judged a couple that we was at. So I've I've over the course of these podcasts I've noticed that like there's a few guys in every state that all kind of resemble each other in a certain time. And in, in Texas it was Doc Wise, in New Mexico it was Dennis Luce, and in Oklahoma it was it was y'all. Were you, did you guys know each other back then, and or were you guys kind of just in separate worlds? I guess. Uh, kind of knew each other a little bit, but mm-hmm. as before social media and all that so it was kind of see what's in the purple circle yeah or the ag youth and it's kind of weird it seems like it was a bigger world back then you know this these days it's pretty small and everyone knows each other mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so you did you so you said you, your first show was in texas did you guys ever go back down there and... yeah we went to about every texas show we could back then all the shows were a lot different and there was jackpots every weekend that we'd mm-hmm. go to and so like one thing you hear people like you know, those families get out there and show, like, every single weekend, and, and they're always worried about their kids getting burnt out. I mean, you showed a lot and, and hauled a lot. How'd you how'd you keep yourself, like, how'd you keep your attitude right to where you could just keep going? Or was it, there was no other option? I mean, it was just... No, it was kind of the competitiveness in me to want to stay, stay with it. Mm-hmm. I committed to it, I'm going to stick with it, and if I'm going to do it, I'm going to try to be the best I can at it, so... Oh, yeah. Was that something that the whole family was just weighing in on? Yeah. It was it was a family deal for sure. All the shows we'd go to, we'd all load up and mom would be ringside taking pictures, selling her blankets or tubes that she'd made and me and daddy would be getting everything ready in the back and mm-hmm. there you go. So uh, I mean you're very competitive showing sheep in high school. I mean you're kind of on top of the world. What what in your head, what are you thinking you're going to do down the road? make a living out of the sheep or do something else or you just weren't really sure I wasn't really sure uh, we'd kind of when I started going to school I started to go for chiropractic because really? uh, we had a sheep that he'd mess his neck up and you know me and dad thinking we're like oh well you go to the chiropractor once yeah. like, so he's like try it and tried it and it kind of fixed him up a little bit and 
then I got to talking to people. Oh yeah, there's actual animal chiropractics, but mm-hmm. back then it was only for horses. Yeah. And so I was kind of curious in that, and then got in there and decided that I'd go more um, instead of animal science ag business, I switched it to ag ed degree. Mm-hmm. So, so just just the general idea of hey, I can fix this sheep with my hands and and pop them and make them feel better just interests you quite a bit. Yeah. Still ever think about getting back into it? Becoming a chiropractor? Oh, no. I'm, I'm told by several I should be. I was actually told tonight. She goes, why aren't you a chiropractor? Because <laughs> ag teaching ag is way more fun, man. Yeah. That's pretty common. I mean, I did that. I was I went to school my first year to be something completely different and then switched to, to ag ed, like sophomore year. Well, So, I mean, you, you had the goal, okay, I'm just going to teach ag. I mean, it kind of looks like a pretty fun job for people in our position I guess you know, yeah you get mm-hmm. to stay involved and stay involved and help kids and that's mm-hmm. something I learned from dad is the joy of helping kids mm-hmm. or people in general so you went to OSU went to OSU were there for four years I was there for five I took a victory lap oh, okay because uh, I didn't want to switch my major late so mm-hmm. oh, yeah I had to catch up just a little bit so the student teaching <laughs> yes like well, I'm a couple hours short of animal science, a couple hours short of ag business degrees, too. So you're just a, a fingertip away from so much more. Dang. You, you going to go back? No. <laughs> School kind of sucks, honestly. If I was going to go back, I'd get my master's in yeah. education. So did they make you student teach in Oklahoma? They did. So where'd you end up for that? I went to Stratford. Uh, so we're on I-35. Uh... My cooperating teacher knew I was a sheep guy. They had two sheep on feed. He said, hey, I don't want you messing with the sheep because they're not up to your quality and standards, so I don't want you associated with them. I was like, no, I still want to help. Mm-hmm. So I did, but then he put me in charge of the pigs. But I showed pigs in high school too, so I know a little bit of what was going on. Yeah. And then, so that was, that was my student teaching experience. So you're there for six months? Is that what they mm-hmm. make you do it for? So, so is it Stratford? I don't know about Stratford, Oklahoma. Is it Stratford, Texas? Stratford, Oklahoma. Oh, Stratford, Oklahoma. Okay, yeah. So, in like in California, it's all the public speaking stuff is huge, and, and livestock judging is big. But it seems like you guys, the ag teachers in the Midwest and out here, they spend a lot more time on like SAE projects and stuff. Did were you, did you have any experience in the whole you know public speaking side? We uh, of it all. I was in charge of a couple kids there when I was student teaching, with their speeches. Did good, and we had one kid run for state office. Mm-hmm. I helped with that a little bit, not not as much as he did, but um, and I was in charge of one of the CDE teams there, which was for we did it for just the eighth graders, mm-hmm. so that was fun. And then after after all that and graduating, I went and worked for Bursons in New Mexico. Oh, really? No, didn't even use my degree. Really? How many how many years were you? There at Burson's. I was there almost a year. Okay. What what year was that? That would have been 2010. 2010. So did you show any Burson sheep? I did. So they had um, talked a lot about like the Leo buck, and uh, the first time I used them, it was like, why are you laughing? Is there an inside? Let's hear it. Is there a Leo story or a Burson? We uh, whenever they came, when Cody. <laughs> <laughs> When they, when they came, when Cody and them came to to the Oklahoma and they found Leo, mm-hmm. 
dad was, they were talking to dad and had us come look at that sheep and see what we thought. And, mm. and then when I was out there, he was there. So I was like, all right, that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple of sheep I showed one Denver with were out of Leo. Mm-hmm. So I understand it was like it was like three or four consecutive years right there after they bought Leo that they won. Was that one, one, a few of those yours? Mm-hmm. The first two were. There you go. So they, I mean, were they? Was Leo? Leo wasn't still alive when you were there, was he? He was. So what was what was their like? I haven't gotten to talk to those guys about it at all, but a lot of people discuss them. What what were those their mindset about that buck and, and how they're using? For his time, I think he was very progressive and kind of like how me and dad wanted to keep you know going forward he's kind of i think to me kind of set the set the frame for going into the style of sheep we are now set yeah. the he laid down the foundation of it more being more shaggy bigger boned uh definitely had a huge hip on him mm-hmm. and those bursting genetics that we see now i mean a lot of those just compared to the rest of today's and those the lambs out of those used they're kind of more exotic mm-hmm. it seems like yeah, they, he had all that and still had that exotic look, really tucked up in his chest floor. Mm-hmm. So what was everyday life out, like that year you were working for him? What you wake up? What'd you, what'd you go do? I'd wake up and get over there. I'd feed uh, the show string. Then I'd go feed the ewes, check through all them. How many ewes they have at that point? Oh, there was about 120. Okay, so not, not just a crazy amount. So at that, and you hadn't really raised any sheep. You're just feeding them, you know, when you grew up. So was it kind of a cool experience to be around the whole production side of it? Yeah, I mean, I'd been around it a little bit over at Brian's because I'd go over there and I'd help them. Oh yeah. And then in college, I worked at the OSU sheep barn. Okay, I didn't know that. So, I had a little bit of experience. So, but it was a little different. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, what was your career path at that point? Just kind of just seeing where life took you. Yep. So after that year, why? What? So what? How'd you end up? What was your path after that year? I guess you come back to Oklahoma, get a at, job. After that year, I decided, you know, hey, kind of want to get into teaching because it's kind of just had a calling for it. Mm-hmm. And so I'd actually interviewed at Broken Arrow, and they called me and said, hey, you got the job. Well, I moved back, and then I called them. It was this was a December hire. Mm-hmm. So I call him when I get back, when we move back Thanksgiving Day. And then I called him that next, whenever they'd been there in school. Hey, when do I need to come in, sign paperwork, whatever. And they, Broken Arrow's a big school, so they, it was their HR department. And I was like, what's your name? And I told them, and they're like, oh, someone called the wrong guy. Oh, shit. I didn't get hired like I thought, they, so I had left Bursons. I feel like they should probably just hire you at that point. Like. And came back and... <laughs> So then I went into oil field for a while, and okay. then, then I wanted to do so. After I got done with that, I decided, you know, there, I got to get into what I want to do in love. So mm-hmm. for sure. And you, and when was your when was your daughter born? I have some after college, I guess. Let's see here. She was born in 2012. Okay. So just been being a dad ever since. Just yep. Hitting up softball games and softball games and pig shows, and she showed a couple sheep along the way. So how'd the pigs come up? Well, when I started teaching here, uh, some of my students, you know, they, they all showed pigs. Mm-hmm. Some of them wanted to try the sheep deal, and they said it w- really wasn't for them, and I wasn't going to push it. If it wasn't, it wasn't. So yeah. I've gotten the pig deal, and 
I like showing them in the, when I was in high school. That was because when we went from 40 to 50 head in the fall to five head of sheep in the spring, I was bored. Mm -hmm. So I told Dad I wanted to show pigs. And he goes, okay, well, that's your deal. You do it. The five to feed for you, tell me what to feed. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, where'd you, uh, where'd you go to get those pigs? Did you guys have some help or how did it all go? You just kind of figured it out on your own? Just kind of figured it out on our own. We had a little help along the way of, you know, hey, maybe you should try this feed with it. And yeah, for sure. I mean, just from what I've, I've seen, there's, there's those kids that are, you know, very successful, say, with cattle. And, you know, they venture into another species. They don't want to start at the bottom in that new species. They kind of want to be right where they are with the, everything else. Well, did it kind of work out like that? How did, how did how'd you guys end up? Oh, really, I was kind of down pretty low in the barn in the, in the pig deal. Except for one year, uh, I had the third overall York bear at OIE. Really? All on your own? Or I guess you had just a little bit of help? All on my own. When I was in the sheep barn showing that year or two. And so I'd have somebody help me get her, keep everything right together over there and let us know where we was at, but that's about it. I think those those pig feeders, those dads, they don't get enough credit. Those guys are smart. Like, I think, honestly, that whole pig deal is, is a feeding contest more than any other species. Um, but just from what it sounds, just from what I've heard about Ritz and his, his mind and, and how he feeds and articulates things, it's kind of like a pretty great pig feeder, right? I mean, mm -hmm. just, just always... I guess just thinking. The big difference is on the sheep, you got to see it about 45 days out to change it. Mm -hmm. Pigs change it overnight. Oh, yeah. Do you guys kind of use the same feeding process? or? Yeah, a little, pretty pretty similar. Same philosophy anyways. Mm -hmm. gotcha. So do you show every year after that or uh, pigs, I guess? Yeah, I showed I showed pigs every spring I showed. Okay. What's, what's crazy about the pigs compared to everything else is those things are very cheap. Like, um, even the families that, like, win, like, they fill their barn up with $300 pigs sometimes or $500 hogs. It's wild. Yeah. It's basically a big gamble on them, really. Mm -hmm. You may get a good one that not everybody overlooked. Oh, yeah. And I think it's just because those genetics are so easy to find. I mean, there's good ones everywhere you go. But, um, so when I was, when I was in college and, and, and was in Texas. I, there's county agents in Texas and ag teachers that that had a different, you know, quota. They spent a lot more time showing, and they're almost acted like fitters. Like they'd go out and find projects and collect a bunch of them and, and just look at feeding and showmanship all day. Is that kind of do you get involved in a lot of that? Just time on the road looking for, for animals. Yeah, I look quite a bit first things because just to make sure I have the right fit for the right kid that I'm one of my students. So. Yeah, we go to quite a few places to look. How far do you end up driving? Uh, well, for sheep, we've been down in Texas. I made a trip to Iowa and South Dakota this year. First time I'd ever been up north to look at sheep, other than helping my uncle. Mm -hmm. uh, pigs, I've stayed in the state in Texas. Mm -hmm. So I've heard you brought up your uncle. I've heard some, some good things about him. He sounds like a pretty wild guy. Yeah. Got some cool stories. Um, James Cochran and... And your brother were up there, I think, over the summer. They said he was—he's pretty—he was pretty big in the sheep, right? Mm -hmm. But frame sheep, I yeah, guess. Frame sheep. So, is he still raising? Is he still pretty tight, or he's kind of out of it? He's—he's he's sold out of him. Uh, his knees have been bothering him, so. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I'd go up there and spend two or three weeks with him during the summer, 
showing and fitting frame sheep anywhere from Cheviots to Big Suffolk. And really? He raised Monadales. Okay. Didn't, so did you ever show Monadale weather? I think Louisville had a division back then, didn't they? I did show Monadale weather. Kenny sent one down, and it only took him to one show, and it went to the National Monadale Show. And mm -hmm. Dad sent me up there with him. He said, take care of him like we would. And I said, okay. And you know, I'm drenching him like we would a wet, regular weather, and all those guys are looking at me, what are you doing? Did you slick him, or was he? Oh, yeah, he was slick. Okay. So what was, I mean, I think 95 was kind of when they quit slicking, or they started slicking weathers, right? Somewhere in there? Did you, so did you ever they, show one? They were in, I've always, I always showed them slick. Mm -hmm. Was that like a new trend, or how did, how did that come about? Just people started doing it, and... Well, when, when I started in, it, you know, it was kind of already a thing, so that's all I really ever knew. Oh, I got you. So your, your uncle, um, frame sheep, you, you raised a few of them, he was pretty competitive? He was. So the world I know, you know, I haven't really been in this forever, but as long as I can remember, frame sheep and the, and the weather sheep are very separate. They even put a big wall between us at Louisville. Mm -hmm. And, I, I, you know, back then, I mean, right when you started, you know, they're still fitting those weathers. Was there that big of a divide between the two, like there is today? No, in fact, there used to not be that wall between the two. There was all mixed in. You mm -hmm. had to walk through all the frame sheep getting ready to go to the ring at Louisville. And mm -hmm. Were people making those framers work as market, like show weathers too? No, because they're, they're... They were pretty separate at that pretty, point. Pretty different levels of sheep on there. Mm -hmm. For sure. So did you ever... So, I mean... Cabinus and, and Clay Elliott and, and uh, you know, Joe Harrell were pretty much whooping, whooping ass out here in Oklahoma back in those days. Did you ever show any of those sheep? I uh, showed some Cabinus sheep. Uh, never showed any Harrell or Elliott sheep. Okay. So, that, I mean... A lot, the, of, a lot of Johnson, Bursons, and then a couple of our little honey holes that we had that nobody really knew about. Oh, yeah. So someone described it as, you know, when Cashin would show up to a show, his sheep would be a different rendition of the best one you'd ever seen every time. And, you know, I'm, when you ask people, like, what's the best one Cashin showed, most of them, a lot of, a lot of them can't really, like, say just because they don't remember or they all kind of blended together. What was your favorite one that you ever dragged out there, you think? My favorite one probably would have been... The year uh, at, it would have been 2002 OIE. Okay. That one, or one we called Mile High that won Denver. Okay. I feel like I've seen the Mile High. Is there um, his name posted somewhere? I don't know. I've seen the uh, the Louisville plate. I think you're on there a few times, right? A couple, yeah. <laughs> so uh, I saw it when Jackson's had it. And Joel was like, yeah, we have to, right after they handed it to his cash, came over and was like, yeah, my name's not there, but I was reserved you know, these four years right here, too. <laughs> but, but anyway, so ag teaching now, I mean, you got a daughter, you got a beautiful wife right here. When did you and Shelby meet? I'm sure it was at a sheep show. It was at a sheep show. Story. Which Let's hear it. It was whenever we was in Phoenix. And I was out there, it was my sophomore year in college, and I was there helping some dad and some other kids that we helped show, and she was there. How'd it go down? Just we love at speak. first sight? <laughs> hated each other? Talk. What? 
Her dad came up to me and goes, hey, I need you to go out and help this one with some, she's, her sheep's not working for her. Can you go out there and help her do something? And she seemed to think I was an asshole, but. <laughs> um, we got out there and he's like, yeah, it looks good. I'm like, he's not bracing. Like, mm -hmm. this is not. He was just trying to blow you off. Well, first off, it was, you know, you grew up your whole life and you're in the sheep deal and you, your whole life you see, like, all you hear about is cash and urban, cash and urban, cash and urban. Mm -hmm. So he kind of was like a... Celebrity, right? Yeah, he kind of was like a bit of an idol back in the day. And I'm like, oh my gosh. So he was, he was I big was time I was so nervous. You. So I remember being in Phoenix, and um, this is before I ever knew Cashin. Mm -hmm. um, I had um, gotten some sheep that year. Um, started to... Um, it's pretty close to the Bursons. I used to mm -hmm. date Cole Burson back in the day. Oh, boy. <laughs> it was a long time ago. Shout um, out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, man, if he's listening, that's funny. Yeah, so back in the day, and um, they were, Cody was always really willing to help us yeah. and, and whenever we needed, and there was Ritson right along with that. And so, um, I don't know, he just kind of jumped in, and, you know, if I had questions, I'd ask, and mm -hmm. Ritson would answer, and just really willing to give, I mean, to shirt off his back and to do anything and tease you and give you a hard time at the same time. A oh, yeah. lot. I heard a lot of, uh, yeah, he gave me a pretty hard time sometimes. What, what, was okay. he, what was he saying? Well, you see, I was, <laughs> I was dating Cole at the time, so there was always, like, you know, jokes yeah, just, about yeah. dating people and things like that, and he just was always down for a good burn or just to embarrass you to be funny. Mm -hmm. um, he was a... He's just a jokester, like just a super, really, really cool guy and would give the shirt off his back just mm -hmm. to help you. I mean, it didn't matter who you were. I mean, I was a nobody. I didn't know anything. We went to Phoenix, but that was kind of our vacation. Um, you know, it was it was a family thing too, but, you know, Ritson, you know, was, didn't care that I was a nobody or didn't know anything. Mm -hmm. I just was, you know, there for, you know, having a good time on a family vacation mm -hmm. that just so happened to be a sheep show. For sure. Which so is you cool. helped her with showmanship? Or yeah. Not very nice, I guess. No, he uh, was nice. <laughs> so Cashin, if you can't tell, is quiet, right? So yeah. he doesn't have a, he's a he's a man of few words until he's not. <laughs> um, but a lot of people will know that he's kind of like a soft-spoken kind of um, shy guy, mm -hmm. I guess you could say. So he didn't say a whole lot when he helped me um, with my sheep, and I'm like, oh, what's wrong with this guy? Yeah, like what's wrong with this guy? I guess I'm not good enough for him to help me. Like I don't know. Um, yes, yeah, so he kind of was like, I don't know if he was a jerk or, yeah, I thought he was kind of a bit of an asshole, but, um. Comes with the territory, Yeah, right? I mean, he was just like, cause, but also, like, he was, <laughs> like, he was Cash and Urban, so you're like, oh my gosh, like, you're already nervous. He's really not that cool, though. Like, mm -hmm. that's, he's just, that's just I'm him. just quiet. They always say, don't meet your heroes, right? I mean. <laughs> um, that's funny, because, you know, I've, I've been asked this a lot, and, and everyone will say, you know, well, how this come to be? Well, it was like a long time in the making, and it, um, <laughs> I never really thought twice about it. Never really. People will tell you that I've had a crush on him since I was a little girl, mm -hmm. um, and that's true. I think I did marry my childhood crush, which I happened to also be someone I idolized growing up, so that's kind of cool. Never did cool. I think that would happen. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, I can remember distinctly meeting, not meeting him, but being at Louisville. You know, and after you win, everyone comes up and handles the sheep. And mm -hmm. it's like everybody's there. Like hundreds yeah, yeah. of people swarm you just that, you know, to, to handle your sheep. And I remember walking up and handling a sheep with my dad and just being like, wow, like this is so cool. Mm -hmm. Wow. Um, 
but I never thought, I don't know, back in the day that that's who I'd end up marrying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but here we are. It's funny uh, how things work out. Yeah, life's really funny. That we, feeling you're talking about, like, I, I think we all kind of have something like that. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the point that you realize, I want this. Yeah. You know, yeah. This, is, this is what I'm after. Yeah. And I guess that's what you thought when you saw <laughs> you know, and it's it's funny because, you know, I can remember, I don't know, I remember back when Camden was an ornery little, ornery little guy and <laughs> sister was sassy and snapping her fingers in a Z formation and mm-hmm. um, shows is always a family thing. And it I think she still does that. She her, does. She's yeah. still sassy. Absolutely. <laughs> and Camden's still ornery. So that's for sure. That's not changed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember when he won his first show. Really? Yes, so were, was Camden and Kaylin shown when you were still shown, or were you already graduated? We had one show that we all showed together, Louisville. I was 21, Camden was 8, sister was 6. Really? That's pretty cool. So what was it like once they came around? Because, I mean, you're, you're, you're pretty, you were a teenager, kind of, by the time you started having siblings. Yep. Um, they were at the barn every night with us, helping, um, wanting to show, wanting to show. They showed at some of the shows they could show at. Mm-hmm. Sister practiced on her cats on the bracing table. Oh, she, we have pictures of her setting her cats up and bracing them. And so they were the eight-year-olds who showed up, pros at sticking them. Yeah. <laughs> yep. There you go. So you, you guys, married, you guys are married, right? Mm-hmm. When was when did you guys get married? <laughs> we had a COVID wedding and uh, got married June sixth of twenty twenty. So on you, D-Day, which is, you know, I feel like poor guy didn't know what he was jumping into, so it's fitting, you know? <laughs> Good little projection onto the yeah. future, maybe. Yeah. So did you have your wedding planned for that before it all happened, or? Oh, yeah. I'm so Definitely sorry. Definitely. No, that's okay. Um, wedding did not go as planned, um, but that's life, and that's probably part of just another funny step in, I think, our story. We just, our, it's been crazy. Mm-hmm. We've uh, it's been a long time coming to get married. So, but it's been it's been good. It's been a fun journey. So now we get to do it again. Yeah, so we get to do it again because you don't get deposits back, and those are that's not. <laughs> so you have to spend. Yeah. yeah. Well, you don't have to, but we didn't get to celebrate with all of our, you know, like family, friends, mm-hmm. and family. You know, it was twelve of us. We had it kind of we had it drive by style, so it was Facebook Live at some point. So oh, some boy. people got to watch it. It was crazy. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I didn't. I wasn't paying attention to that, but. Um, yeah, it was fun. So it was kind of like high school football game. Everyone drove around in their cars and had signs and honked and stuff when we came out. It was, it was pretty cool. So they drove up and they got a beverage of their, it was a champagne and beer. And I don't know, I think they had water too or something like that. And a cheese and wine, like a cheese box. And so they would drive around and park, watch the ceremony. And then we also had it live so they could watch it. And then some people brought lawn chairs because at this point, COVID was, you're not allowed to do anything in California. Mm-hmm. It's still kind of Oh, so like you guys that. got married way out there. Yeah. Okay. So everything was on lockdown. Um, and then in our immediate family, meaning Camden, sister, Cash and I, my mom and dad, sister, brother-in-law and Carter, um, and my grandmother, I think, mm-hmm. um, sat at a dinner table in the middle of our pasture um, where we got married and ate dinner. I bet you won't forget it. No, I promise we won't. <laughs> and then we will get married again. We're a very American couple, apparently, because we're getting married on July 3rd. There you go. To bring in Independence Day, you know, real, uh, said where we were originally supposed to get married, mm-hmm. so. So is it going to be like a whole, oh, a whole wedding, shindig. everything, white dress, all of it? Oh, yeah, I get to wear the same dress twice. That's kind of cool. Yeah. 
kind of funny. I mean, most people don't get to say the wedding dress they spend all the money on. They get to wear it more <laughs> than once, I guess, right? Well, we have to make it fit twice. You know what I mean? That's, so, yeah, I'm sure yeah. it's not fun. No, it'll be fine. It's going to be good. <laughs> yeah, so we uh, get to do it again, mm-hmm. which is exciting and get to have a lot more. Hopefully, we'll find out with all this COVID stuff. But um, it's been interesting. So we uh, we learned the hard way that 2020 is not very fair, but I think it's kind of what everyone's going through right now. It's kind of, yeah. um, learn to roll with the punches for sure. Yeah. And everyone's going through the same That's right. exact thing. That's right. So, so you, why didn't you guys move to California? What, 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 what kept you in Oklahoma? Carter. Yeah. Carter? Oh, that's right. Like, no, I can't get away from her. No. For sure. Yeah. It's been a, it's been a big blessing. We've dated for, oh gosh. Long time. Four, almost five years. five years. I wouldn't say quite five years because I didn't date him for a long time. <laughs> uh, we went, yeah, we went hard to get a little bit. We, we went on our first date on June 15th. Of 15th. Yeah, and it's really funny because we ran into Sheep Family mm-hmm. at our first date, and it was... <laughs> Small world? Well, you can't go anywhere. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't go anywhere, and someone, you're not going to know somebody. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we... Uh, it's like walking around with a celebrity. I mean, just... It's bad. It's bad. <laughs> just kidding. Sorry. No. Uh, so, what year did you guys? How'd you? I mean, how'd you rekindle? Because you, you came to school out here, right? Yeah, I went to uh, Redlands and judged there um, for Clay Elliott, mm-hmm. and then um, went to OSU. But I didn't judge there; I just went to school. Uh, just went to school and got a degree, and got a couple degrees, and it was fun. But we, I was in grad school, um, and I, I guess I was out at the bar. I don't know. It was. Uh, I guess I was out at the bar and I—I uh, I don't know. I in guess yeah. I, I guess he saw me out on the strip and shot me a text and I was like, "Oh, do you, do you live here? Are you here?" Like I didn't didn't know. I didn't had any idea where he was. What's the age gap between you guys? Six years. Okay. So what were you doing in Stillwater <laughs> when you were? <laughs> I was still working for that oil field company and it was oh, right there around Stillwater. Yeah. What was your favorite um, water and hole in Stillwater? My favorite, the penny. The penny. The oh, penny. penny. Yeah, it's changed a lot. It's yeah. changed a lot, but still the same place. Mm-hmm. Was a union around no. back then? Mm-hmm. No. Union's that new? No, Outlaws is probably the closest thing to that. Okay, Outlaws is the that's the dance hall. Yeah, we're on the corner. corner. Okay, mm-hmm. what about that dive bar? What's it called? Willie's or? Oh, Willie's, Willie's? is fun. Yeah, I liked Willie's mm-hmm. quite a bit. It was one of the only ones that was open the Sunday that I was there. <laughs> I like to. Um, Sometimes we'd, we'd listen to the music and follow the music as to what we liked that night. But most of the time, it was always the penny. The penny is usually where it, where it was at. Oh, yeah. Still the ag yeah. get-together. Yeah, so what was, what was judging for Clay like? I mean, I heard best junior college coach of all time, right? Yeah. No, I mean, honestly, I, uh, I owe that man a lot. Uh, he took a chance on a kid that didn't know anything about mm-hmm. judging livestock. Um, had never judged livestock in my life and never marked a card and had no idea that how to pick from four. So, um, came a long way. Um, he taught me a lot about life, mm-hmm. I would think. Um, he made us into young adults, not just and good people, not just, I don't know, not just to turn, a, turn in a card and, you know, put our nose in the air because we were that good. And, yeah. you know, it was, it was a lot of fun. I was not on the uh, top five team, so we're not going to say that I marked very often. <laughs> Um, but I had a lot of fun. I learned a lot. Um, learned a lot about livestock. Mm-hmm. Um, how to appreciate things for what they are. 
Um, you know, I think it, the one thing I think it was really important is that Clay taught us is everything has value, mm -hmm. right? Every animal has value, whether it's the best one in the class or it's absolutely sorry. And you never know who you're going to speak to when you're in a, when you're in a contest. So treat it like that. Mm -hmm. I mean, you wouldn't want to go to someone's house and sit there and just roast them and tell them that these things were crap. Like that's just not, it's, yeah. You know, and I think that sometimes today we're really bad about that and we're really bad about not seeing merit, not seeing value in animals. Um, but when you think about it from a commercial spec per perspective, right? I mean, these all the, the end goal is to put these things on a rail at the end of the day, mm -hmm. right? Um, well, for some most, but so that was, um, I learned a lot about myself from Clay. Um, it was a crazy two years we practiced like crazy worked so hard probably harder than most senior college teams mm -hmm. but um it's a great team great group of folks that went on to do really awesome things mm -hmm. and it was just really cool to be a part of it oh, so yeah. um i don't know if he's listening but clay uh thank you <laughs> <laughs> i so. actually just to, so i've been trying to get a hold of him and get him on the podcast yeah. and actually today i finally got him to agree did you so i'm gonna try and figure out time but he'll be on yeah. Soon. Yeah. Some the way I think I can't remember who described it to him. I think it was Kyler, one of my buddies, said that Clay was the first. He had the first hundred thousand dollar team, like yeah. the first one to really treat it like a, a collegiate sport yeah. and just yeah. hustle. Yeah, he treated us like that. Our practice was this, like, the same thing as an athlete. Like mm. we, man, we uh, if we ate breakfast that morning, he took us to breakfast. We knew it was gonna be a long day, mm -hmm. and then when I, by a long day, I mean we were in there rain. Sleet, shine, snow, it didn't matter. We were drugged through it all. Mm -hmm. um, I can remember distinctly. Oh my gosh. I remember judging classes in the. I can remember judging classes while it was snowing. Um, but I'll never forget this one day. We were out at Griswold's and uh, it was raining, but it was like a mist rain and it wouldn't stop. And Clay grew up, you know, where it was really cold, you mm. know, so he didn't really, and if he wore a coat, you knew you were in trouble because this California kid's tropical and I don't, I don't do that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so when he wore a coat, you knew it was going to be miserable. And that day it was like raining in your face and raining at your back. And it was a long day, but we learned a lot and we ran a, <laughs> we judged a lot of heifers that day oh, I'm sure. and we learned a lot. Um, and I bet you we didn't make those same mistakes twice. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think he made us the best because we practiced harder than most people did. Oh, sure. So, um, yeah, I think he treated us like we were almost like a, it was like a, it was an ath we were athletes, right? Mm -hmm. We had to be the best in our field because that's what we were getting, we were going to school to do. Um, you don't, you know, get football players just to be average, you know, you don't want them to, yeah. <laughs> you're, you're, you're trying to play, you know, at a, at a, at a, you know, elite level and, and that's what we did. For sure. I mean, today there's, I think a lot of junior colleges have really kind of followed his example and they all kind of really hustle at it. Yeah. And when I was a freshman at, at Blinn, we, you know, we had hell week and there was all these, you know, very difficult things that we would do every once in a while yeah. to kind of like, you know, all night practice or, you know, stay up for 24 hours and, or talk, you know, however many sets. And it was pretty painful at the time, you know, some of them, but I knew for a fact what I was capable of after that year, yeah. you know, in terms of what I could do on no yeah. sleep, what I, how much I could function with, you know, that much stress. And it yeah. really taught me a lot just in terms yeah. of 
you know, all those kind of things. Yeah, we were we were taught to be stockmen, mm-hmm. not just livestock judges. Mm-hmm. We learned to evaluate livestock as a whole in yeah. every species, whether it was cattle, sheep, goats, or pigs, and we we were good because we we did it all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we had some of those practices too. Not really all night stuff, but we had some really late stuff. I can remember, you know, judging all day and like hours and hours in the in the van, which was a lot of fun too. Like, mm-hmm. let's not get that wrong. We had a lot of fun in the van, that sixteen passenger van for sure. Um, a lot of times the girls rode by. We rode in our own van and the boys rode in another. So did you hide in? <laughs> sometimes. Well, the boys were just boys, so yeah. you know it was sometimes nicer. But so I mean. Clay has a reputation of, you know, as a junior college judging coach and as a, you know, just a sheep stockman, you know, in those early days was very, um, I guess what's the word, but um, very um, forward about his opinion of how sheep skeletons were supposed to look. And, like, kind of one of the guys who made it a trend to, you know, cool, exotic, really good-looking athletic sheep just because, I guess, you know, his junior college kids were – whipping everybody's butts and they were getting those judging jobs and they wanted them to look like clay. So I think from what I've heard, you know, the whole industry was like, okay, this is, we'll raise these kind. What are those things that I'm sure you guys worked on a mature use all the time? Like what were some of those, you know, really big points that he made about structuring sheep, I guess. I'm, I just want to know. Um, yeah, we did judge a lot <laughs> <Yes>. of sheep. <laughs> all of that. No, um, I don't know, it starts at the ground, right? They have to have the right foundation in order to be able to have what they have on the top side, right? If they don't have, they're not good on their feet and legs, and if their front feet, or if their back foot doesn't, you know, track where their front feet left, then obviously there's something wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the pin set was important, and then it was, you know, it was ground up, you know, you know, and <laughs> almost like pigs, right? Ground up, fast forward, sound oh, up, yeah. right? Uh, <laughs> that applied in a lot of things in life, but... <laughs> Um, no, it, you got to have the right foundation in, in order to uh, to have the top side of the, of the skeleton, right? You, you can't have a can't have a rack if you're narrow or if you yeah. are just not good. So um, we learned a lot about that. We judged a lot of sheep. We actually had good access to it. You know, we just just went I'm down sure. the road. That was a long day, but <laughs> stay there till midnight. Yeah. So who else was you, you still keep in contact with some of your friends? those teams I mean being on a judging team brings you pretty close to yeah you learn a lot about each other that's for sure yeah it was a good team absolutely it was a great team they're great people um but yeah absolutely it was a a team that for sure became family I think Mm -hmm. yeah so what's the future look like for for you guys are you gonna stay in Fletcher for a while and live and work here yeah I think we're gonna stay here for quite a while and uh raise some sheep Raise some pigs. Mm-hmm. Do you guys have ewes now? There's some back up, but it came. Okay, so it's a funny story. They came with a place. Yeah, we had some, really the plate. The guy we bought this from had dorpers, and he left us ten dorper ewes to. Yeah. Are they commercial or kind of nice? There's two of them that are kind of nice. The others are commercial. Those are dorpers are real sheep. Like, oh yeah. Those things are. Oh yeah. Stocky. Oh yeah, they're pretty hardy individuals out there okay. for sure. So you're gonna, you're gonna raise South Downs, or you're gonna raise some Blacks, or oh yeah, the Downs would make their way over here eventually. Um, that was part of the deal, I think. I think he can't, un- and I think those just sort of come with the package. You know what I mean? No, they're not like the pigs. I kind of surprised her with the pigs. <laughs> yeah, we were sitting at Thanksgiving dinner. Everybody was at the house, and he goes, "So no, somebody brought it up and said, oh, 
well, when are you going to start breeding your gilts? Mm-hmm. Plural. And you're like, what gilts? That's what I said. I turned and looked at him, and I was like, huh? He's like, oh, um. <laughs> well, so Luis is coming home. Oh, okay. And then he's like, well, yeah, but what about the other one? And then I'm like, all right, listen, there's two. What's there, going on? There's three, actually. Well, <laughs> two only now. But, yeah, so we're uh, two sheep kids that don't know what the hell we're doing, but we're in the pig business now, so that's fun. Um, you know, livestock's livestock, I guess, and good livestock's always fun. So it's been it's been fun. There you go. So when, you, when, you, uh, when you go to buy your – put your youth flock together, where do you think you're going to get them at, I guess? Mm. Or, I mean, in a perfect world, I mean, just kind of like what, what would you – say is like an ideal you know group of 20 use that you would start with maybe genetically or, or even just what they look like or i'd like to get some to go back to leo some of johnson blood that uh studly twos and grand slams mm-hmm. somewhere down the line on there have those uh some have one that's on our show string right now that i'd like to keep from mm-hmm. cody miller Okay. She's, he's got those hips going like I like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's kind of a hip man. I don't know if that ranks true to other things in life, but that's kind of his. That's kind of, <laughs> <laughs> that's I see what you did there. <laughs> um, that's kind of, that's kind of his, which is good because I also, I mean, I don't know. I'm a, I'm a sucker for a sheep with a big hip for mm-hmm. sure. It just kind of, makes everything come together. Right. Like yesterday. I mean, she could eat dinner out there, you know, like on dinner plate could fit. It's perfect. It's the right kind of hip right there. For sure. Yeah. Well, no, thank you guys yeah. for having me over. I mean, it's, what is it? It's a, it's almost midnight. This is the latest I've ever recorded a podcast. And you guys are champs. We, we can't be normal. No, <laughs> no we're you not. have to do everything. No. <laughs> a little different. Well, that is this week's episode with Cash and Urban. Um, hope you guys can join us again next Monday. Uh, we will have Douglas Bean on. And uh, we've been trying to get Douglas on and, and trying to convince him to to go ahead and just, you know, take the dive and record a podcast. And we finally got it done, and it turned out really good. I'm really excited for you guys to hear that. Um, but like I said, tune in next Monday. We'll see you then.